of the hour for us to follow the fox named Neve with books laid before the bear named M to read and retire around the long fire. We've returned. Yeah. We are hurtling towards episode 50. Oh, that's weird. We'll, we'll, be, we'll probably be done with this book by then, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I did the... I was, like, figuring out the schedule, making sure that it actually made sense recently. I think it's, like... Yeah, 45 will be us doing, like, all the back matter stuff. Okay. We need to figure out what we're reading next and what version to buy soon. Yeah. But... We got, we got three weeks after this, and there's, like, a break in there. Yeah. But it'll be here before you know it. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it sounds like you want to do some Arthuriana. I do. So. I, I will leave that in your hands. Okay. And then we'll probably do Beowulf, and then maybe we'll steer back to Iceland uh, for a little while. Who can say? Yeah. Maybe we'll do some Irish thing or something. Oh, yeah. That's fair. At some point, we have to figure out where season two ends, though. And that would probably be returning to Iceland. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do know what we're going to do when we return to Iceland. Okay. Which is... um, Well, there's the debate of either we do, like, an Ada, but that's going to be a bit longer. Or we we do, like, Urvarad Saga. Um, and we just get, you know, a few weeks of like a, a weird guy who lives for a really long time. Uh, yeah. Do, do we want to get into the reading? Yeah. It's like the shortest reading we've ever had. Yeah. Um, not too much happens, but I mean, there's still some stuff, but. It's, like, so short that it doesn't feel like too much happens. Um, But in chapter 28, uh, titled How the Burgundians Arrived in Hungary, uh, we start out with a, like, very late introduction of two more characters, Hildebrand and Dietrich. Um, And Dietrich warns them that Kriemhild is still mourning for Siegfried, and they're like, yeah, we know, basically. (laughs) Um... And then there's, like, some tense greetings. Uh, Kriemhild asks for a gift from Hagen. Um, and it, like, you know, implies and then, like, outright says, basically, like, the treasure that you, you like, buried in the river. That's what, uh, yes. the gift that I'm expecting. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm not giving you that, nor am I giving this, Balmung, the sword that your husband had that I took when I killed him. <laughs> um... Just being a real dick here. Um, and she's like, oh, well, you can't carry weapons into the King's Hall. So you have to s- surrender all your weapons to me, including that. Um, and they're like, nope, we're not doing that. Um, Man, even Gandalf used a ruse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, she also curses whoever warned them about her, her nefarious plot. Uh, and Dietrich reveals that it was him um, as if it was like that much of a secret anyway. <laughs> um, and we get like a little bit that like Kriemhild is afraid of Dietrich. Yes. Um, and then, uh, Hagen and Dietrich have this moment, um, which 
Like, the way this movie was portrayed just felt gay to me, despite it, like, not really being gay. Like, it felt gayer than it really was. Oh, uh, um, okay. I don't know what it was. There's, like, just something about some of the the wording. Um, Which part specifically but, are you talking about here? Um, When Hagen and Dietrich, uh, like, end up talking. Okay. This did not strike me one way or another. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And then uh Atzel um sees Hagen, I think. Is it is it Hagen? Yeah. And he's like really impressed. He's like, wow, what a what a fine you know there here are two fine boys and like one of them that's Hagen. Hagen um, is not a Hagen is like described in one bit as like a glowering old man with a with gray hair and a beard. I yeah. uh, he's not <laughs> he is a, he's an imposing figure. Yeah. Or I guess there were two fine boys that came up to be yes. my hostages. He yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Walter of Spain. Cuz I mean, they say host like it's weird cuz this is the first time where like Hagen treats it like it was a hostile thing, but as far as we can tell it's just a normal like you know, like, like ward hostage situation, which often is like very affectionate. Yeah. D- depicted as very affectionate anyway. Yeah. Like this hostage situation feels more like a, um, you know, foster son kind of thing. Like not quite that, but like, yeah, it feels but like it's not, in that same that. vein as like the yeah. foster son stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the way Etzel pitches is like, Oh, here's the young lads that I raised. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seems like uh, Cream Hill and Etzel do not really see eye to eye on this it's topic. Re- one of the thing about this chapter, that, this section reading that's very confusing to me is why didn't Cream Hild tell her husband what it like just laid out the situation? Like, this is what we're doing. This is why I'm bringing them over. I'm going to murder these motherfuckers. Maybe get some uh, some backup on this. I feel like she just ran off like with half a plan. And her plan is like to give away the game immediately. Like. If she had played real nice and Hagen was like ostracized because everyone was like, no, she's just like treating us. Like, what are you talking about? Um, I feel like it'd work way better than that. She immediately shows up and is like, I'm going to murder you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for this chapter. Um, and then chapter 29 uh, titled How Creamhild Upbraided Hagen. And he did not rise to greater the the two main things that happen here. <laughs> um, so the the Burgundians are like awaiting entrance into the king's hall, um, and while that's happening, uh, Hagen and Fulker go and they sit outside uh, a palace that they they seemingly don't realize is Creamhild's palace. Um, and she sees them from up above from her window, uh, and she's like so downcast and upset to see Hagen. Uh, that basically all of her, like, vassals jump up and are like, you know, we're ready to go kill him. We'll, we'll do it right now. Um, and she's like, before you just, like, immediately attack him, uh, I need to go have some words with him. Um, and so she goes to, you know, upbraid him. Um, and so she, like, arrives with, like, a, a big army of knights behind her, basically. Um you know, walking down the, the palace steps to, to Hagen and Volker. Uh, and the two of them do not rise to greet her. Um, and she basically like accuses him of, you know, all the wrongs. And he's like, yep, I did do all of that basically. Um, but the men are like, so intimidating by like, you know, just 
fully being arrogant and admitting to it and like not rising and everything that uh all of her soldiers back down and are like actually i don't want to die today <laughs> um yeah yeah uh and then after this sort of exchange etzel's like seemingly finally able to welcome them um and so hagen and Fulker go back to like the group um there's a little bit about how like they would stand around and get like prodded by the the locals basically it was like a customary thing uh but they're like extra nervous about it because they know things are kind of hostile um but then etzel lets them in and it's just like uh you know, welcoming them with great style and splendor seems genuinely pleased to have them there. It's just like really excited about all this. Um, and that's basically how this, this chapter ends up. Um, and then chapter 30, uh, this one felt like the, the most, like not a lot really happens here. It's also very short, uh, but basically they all go to sleep. Uh, again, it's like, you know, the finest beds or whatever, um, and while most of the, you know, Gunther and his host are, are sleeping, uh, Hagen and Volker decide to stand guard the night. Um, and there's this part where like some of, uh, Kriemhild's men are coming to plan to attack and they like see the helmets gleaming and they like call out to them so that they know that they saw them. Um, and they're basically like, oh, you know, why'd you come? Uh, and they don't really say anything and just run off and Kriemhild's like, ah, another another of my plans foiled um that's basically how that ends yes bad plans also yeah it's really weird to me that the book seems right now to be siding with hagen who has never been in the right not once in his life yeah (laughs) um that part is is bizarre um the the name of the next chapter is how they went to church Yes. I hope they get up to some shit at church. <laughs> uh, hopefully. Yeah. Not just a, a boring discussion of them going to church. Yeah, who can say? I do feel like the, the second half of this has been, like, generally not as good as the first half was. No, um, I feel like the source change really, like, started dragging down the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, people got to start dying eventually. I'm excited for when that happens. I I hope that it isn't like the last reading we do where the, all the fighting happens. I, I hope we get a little bit before then, at least. Yeah. You know, I'm assuming it's going to end in like a climactic battle and like maybe like one chapter of like uh great sorrow or something for everything that happened. But we'll see. Um. Yeah, I don't have too much to say about the the reading this time. Again, it was no. so short. Yeah, like, yeah, it was it was breezy. Yeah, I I usually set aside my whole lunch hour, and I was done like twenty minutes. And I was like, oh damn, okay, never mind. Yeah, I uh, but I think you like read it on Monday, and you talked yeah. about how breezy it was. Yeah, and I had um, because we're recording Ghost Divers this weekend, so I like read two chapters of of nana on my lunch um and i was like oh, i should read that like in the evening but i don't want to like just spend all evening reading or not all of it but like i don't have that much of an evening usually so like, i don't want like the majority of it uh so i was glad that it went fast 
I was yeah. like, I was reading that being like, oh, good. I'll be able to do something else after I read. Well, yeah, I was also trying to finish a book for fun because sometimes I read for fun and yeah. then I have to get going on Aragon because I'm recording on that next Tuesday. So too many books. Yeah. And then as soon as I'm done reading Aragon, I got to read the third uh, Earthsea book because I want to be kept up on that when Shell by Genre gets to it. Yeah, I want to start reading the Earthsea books to like follow along. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like at the bottom of my my pile of things to like immediately get to. So. Well, thankfully, I'm I've, I'm too in. I don't need to reread Earthsea and uh, Tombs because I read them last year, year before that, recently in recent yeah. memory. So. Yeah, They're I just have really that short. entire giant tome to read oh, through. Yeah. So fair enough. Um, but yeah, I'll probably get to it before I get to Poe Clan, which I got the first volume um, as a Christmas present for my in-laws. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think I'll probably do Earthsea first. So. Um, I do want to finish Neighborhood Story, like the volume of Neighborhood Story, which I also just have not done yet. I so. have the first volume. I did end up picking that up over the holidays, but I'm not going to read that until it's all out, probably. Yeah. Did you get the, the, what, I Kino got Kunia? the exclusive, ba- yes. Yeah. Um, I like the, the look of both of them, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I still have this bronchitis cough. Um, it's still kind of kicking my ass. I feel like it's like gotten worse again. So um, that's not great. No. I think I probably got like some cold or something in the midst of everything. Um, I've done like a COVID test before like I go to work or, you know, if I'm going to go hang out with anybody or whatever. And that's all been negative. Um, and it hasn't really been that bad, but I feel like something happened that like got in the mix again you know because some of it feels slightly different too i feel like a little bit snottier than i did before so i would say you're always snotty well literally snotty and not figuratively (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i'm trying to think if like there's been too much that i've done since we last recorded you got your Nana statue, your fuck off Nana yeah, statue. Yeah, that's you posted about that on main, thing. right? People can just see that. Yeah, people can see that. It's um, huge. I was not expecting it to be like a fucking shelf piece. Like it's it's an it's like a store display. It's enormous. Yeah, it's uh, so like the the description for the the product. Um, I think it was like. It, it was in centimeters, but it was like basically like a foot yeah, long, I think is what yeah. it was saying. And then like a little less or no, it, it was a little bit more than a foot, but I think like a foot tall or something. And I was like, OK, it's going to be like a little bit bigger with like the case. Uh, but no, it's fucking huge. Um, so. I think that maybe the height they were saying was like literally the height of the figures and not like even the figures with the base, like the the normal base before you even have the like display case um yeah, and it's the, like a one six yeah. also which is just like especially yeah. when it's like um two women in like a, with a bench like a table and two chairs and like a backdrop it lights yeah. above it's big it's just fucking big it's yeah. like a, I, I look at him like that's heavy it's probably heavy to pick up yeah yeah it's it's fucking heavy um 
you know, because like I've got I've got like my my nicest, most expensive figure is like a one tenth figure. And it's not big like this. <laughs> it's also the thing of like so the table is relatively light because like it sort of like goes up like that thin part is like basically the thickness, like the top of the table. And then there's like some stuff, but it's not like solid all the way through then under there. Um, but the, the benches are like solid, especially cause you're like going to put a figure on there. I think they like want to make sure it's extra. Um, yeah. same with like the, the floor base, which on the underside has a picture of, uh, like it's, it's a redraw basically of the panel where none on Hachi kiss. Mm. Um, that's then like non X Hachi. And it has like the, I got number 81, out of the the limited run, um, yeah, it's like a hundred and some hundred and something. It's like a very limited run. It, it was an yeah. expensive figure. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it was like it's like maybe two hundred. I forget. It's like one eighty or two hundred. It's something Wait, in for that the whole range. thing. I don't think that was. I don't think that's true. Oh yeah, I think for like the base thing, not for the the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I just remember talking about, and I was like, this case. is more than I've ever spent on a figure. Yeah, and the most I've spent on a figure is like two twenty. Uh, but yeah, so like the, the floor base that they sit on is also the like card that has the information about like limited edition and yeah. authenticity and stuff. Um, yeah. And then like, it's like, uh, I think it's like plexiglass or something. It's like a plastic glass. It's not like mm-hmm. glass glass, but, um, no. still that stuff is like heavy, especially cause it's got to support the, the like light, like the led fixture on top and stuff. Yeah. Um, she takes three double A's. Um, so that that light is going to be off most of the time because it's in our bedroom. I'm not sleeping with that light on, but um, it is nice to be able to, to turn it on. Yeah. Um, and like all the little pieces are um, like the the cups are their own little things like the cigarettes in the ashtray each cigarette is its own little piece um there's like little details on everything so yeah it is like extremely fancy i I would never get like this level of anime figure for anything other than nana this is like the only thing (laughs) so um yeah it is very nice Um, uh yeah yeah so yeah that's been one of the things i did is i got that and set it up when it came today um i guess one of the other big things that i've been doing is just like watching the kiarisa streams so i've only been watching clips because um i love kiara i do she's one of my favorites but she takes 17 hours to tell a single story and i don't have that kind of patience (laughs) Um, yeah, at least the ones on the vacation have been pretty short because I think they kind of just want to yes. hang out. And usually yes. it's like, uh, I'm amazed pretty late where they are. like they should, yeah. they should just enjoy their yeah. goddamn vacation. Yeah. They were, they were apologizing because, um, it was like, uh, when I was at work, so I wasn't watching it, but I guess the fairly early into the like smash brothers stream of yeah, them playing. They, yeah. They're out. like went out because there was some storm or something and then they were apologizing and i'm like you're on vacation like (laughs) yes um yeah but uh that it it wasn't too long and the one of them just like chatting about their vacation was pretty entertaining um 
It was funny, though, seeing comments on it where people were like, oh, wow, you have, like, such great rapport already. You already seem so comfortable. I'm like, they do call each other regularly for, like, two to three hours. Like, yes. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's slightly different in person, but it's not. You're going to talk more in person, I feel like, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Like, if you have a mic and you have to, like, perform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's been fun. Um, yeah. Been, like, catching up on a lot of podcasts. I got behind on streams and podcasts over the holidays, so. Um, and then I also, like, because I didn't want to do podcasts over Yule as much as I could could avoid it. There was a few that I still ended up having to record for sickness reasons. Uh, but it's like we had to like move ghost divers. So I have like a ghost divers last week and then I have another one this week. Um, and I could not do that podcast regularly, like every week. Um, so I feel like I've had like more time. That's just like, Oh, now I'm like ca- doing catch up on recording podcast stuff to you. So, um, Yeah. Also, lots of Ticket to Ride. Um, one of the gifts that I got for for Emily for Yule was, um, like, the legacy version of Ticket to Ride. Um, so, because Ticket to Ride is just, like, her favorite board game anyway. Um, and so, even though I think, like, regular, like, some of the regular Ticket to Ride stuff that she has, like, especially the, the Nordic one, I think, is, like, really well-balanced and, and fun. Um... This one's, like, a lot more, like, there's, like, weird, complex other stuff that will come up. Like, the rules will change slightly mid-game and stuff. Um, and so it's not as, like, immediately fun, but I think it is... It's still interesting, since she's played so much, to have something that's gonna, like, mix it up a little bit as you go. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think technically you can do it, like, two-player, but it's, like, for two to five-player. So, uh, we've played it twice, and, like, both times have been when Autumn's over. And then we'll just play it. Like, we'll do a, a, a game of it. So, um, but yeah, that's been like also part of what we're up to. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, if I have any other like updates. I don't know what you've been up to. <laughs> Damn. How do you feel about Bibu's Nerizzler song? Um, it's like, it's a little cringe. Um, I, the, the way that it like delights some people, I appreciate that they're delighted by it. I'm delighted by it. I think I'm delighted by it. I think I firmly (sighs) fall into delighted by it. I was delighted by it, by it for a while, but I've heard it enough that now I'm just delighted by seeing other people be delighted by it. But I have lost that delight myself. It's unfortunately stuck in my head. (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i think it's stuck in a lot of people's heads (laughs) yeah um i just my i just keep going you're so bibu tax over and over yeah (laughs) in my head you're so bow bow (laughs) no it's the bibu tax for some reason bibu tax is really funny to me yeah the bibu tax is the yeah (laughs) um Um, her dropping that on the main hollow live channel during the mario kart tournament incredible she just has no fear yeah <laughs> um i guess in and japan don't was... know so they just thought she was cute as hell it was like oh look at this weird oh, yeah. thing the girl little girl's doing <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> um, I forget who it was. There was somebody that like somebody sent in a super chat and like had them do the the you know Nerizler song BB Tax. Yeah. Um, and apparently the like chat was like so annoyed by it, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> so they just didn't know that this has been like an ongoing thing with Advent. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Nerissa sang it. Mm-hmm. It was good. She sang it multiple times. Second <laughs> <laughs> um, red too. Yeah. Uh the then the Rizzler part is like people had already been calling her Nerizzler sometimes. Yes. So yeah. Uh that one's not really funny because it's just, you know, that feels like the that feels like the the spark that Bibu probably had. You know? Yes. <laughs> so um But yeah, Bibu taxes for really memes. Good. Um. Yeah, and there was the the New Year's like kimono reveal. Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, because of the earthquake, happened after New Year's. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah. Um. It was like, I think it it was when uh, Nerissa was in Austria as well. So it was mm-hmm. like. I imagine slightly awkward having to try and do like one of those ones is going to be bigger, you know, like pe- mm-hmm. more people than just like your normal fans are going to be watching like the outfit reveal thing. Yes. Um, And they're just like not beyond like she didn't even have her transitions because she's just like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't bring those. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, But yeah, they're good. I mean, the problem with the New Year's kimonos is like they're all of a type. I like I'm very I'm rarely like oh this one like really stands out because everyone's yeah. got one because it's just the tradition that all Halloween mem- or Hall Live members generally get New Year's kimonos so they can all do the New Year celebration stuff and it's like the official fancy dress for when they're doing like you know big group stuff that is quote unquote fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I think I think overall the Advent ones were like well characterful but none of them stood out to me as like oh this was like a really good one yeah um, like um like i think callie's kimono is like just they just knocked that one out of the park like whoever designed that one fucking nailed it it's incredible she uses it all the time um it's got a lot of character parts to it um and i don't like this is a problem with fuamoko is their their theming is so aggressive that like i feel like their costumes are going to be boring forever. Like I, I could have called exactly what their kimono was a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it's exactly that. And I'm like, these are just not inspiring to me at all. Yeah. Bibu going full bonnet and pacifier though is uh, so deranged. I just love it. I think it brings her uh, <laughs> even higher gremlin energy. Um, I think it's like the worst looking, but somehow works for her. Yes. Yes. It's not like it's not like a style I think is good at all. Yeah. But I think it's specifically the addition of the pacifier, which her uh, artist included without consulting anybody. <laughs> just thought it would be a good fit. Uh, and Bibu just was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> um, I think the patterns on Shiori's, there's just like too many patterns going on. Um, um, yeah, that kind of works for her personality because she's uh, yeah. r- ridiculous. I wish she wasn't like Red Flag City because every time I see a clip for her, I'm like, she's kind of funny. But like yeah. every, the vibes are so off. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, she seems like the most normal one in some ways, but like that normalcy comes at a cost. <laughs> uh, also, they didn't fix Nerissa's greasy bangs. There's no, still that like no. too bright highlight sheen. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, hers was like the most, I saw the picture, the actual, like the, the silhouette and the actual thing is exactly what I imagined when I saw the silhouette, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. It, like it suits her. It's very characterful, but like it, it did not like surprise and delight. Yeah. Um, it was very funny when she was showing off the like stuff the artist did and it was like, yeah, the difference is like the pattern. Did you get the yeah. pattern? <laughs> uh, no. Cause it's just, that's the thing that you're not going to get from a silhouette, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was that one, like, jokey one where it was, like, a weird Eldritch monster. But... Oh, that one was so cool. Yeah. Because she was joking that the it was a hat, not an umbrella, even though it was clearly an umbrella. Yeah. And um, she should get a big hat. She should be, she should have, like, the Kate Winslet boarding the Titanic outfit. I don't know why yeah. she doesn't. <laughs> she would. Yeah. She could pull that off. Um, There was, like, even though it was so clearly an umbrella and not a hat, there was, like, still the, like, slight amount of, like... What if she was like, give me a hat, like, um, what is it? Uh, Dimitriscu or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Which is also basically the Kate Winslet boarding their yeah. outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know for a fact that Nerissa's down bad for Dimitriscu and not Kate mm. Winslet boarding the Titanic. Bad taste. Bad yeah. taste city over there. <laughs> um, vampires really just, <laughs> I think um, that's the thing. I was, I was. I got some for you fan art, I assume. Maybe Narissa retweeted. I follow her on Twitter. Uh, there was like her and her and Kiara hanging out. And like one of the things about the Maldives was uh, they've been talking about how like Narissa keeps her hair in a braid all the time. And if you Narissa's if you if you want to know who Narissa is in real life, it's really easy to find her. She has a large web presence from before she was VTubing. And there's yeah. a lot of pictures of her and she's always in a braid. She has a, and I saw, a lot of music that's very clearly Narissa's voice singing. Yeah. Um, and her hair is always in a braid, but I saw fan art of Narissa wearing the exact same braid. And I, I was like, this is uncanny Valley to me. I can't handle this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like the design of Narissa is someone who would never braid her hair. She's too dramatic for that. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're anime, you don't have to worry about like combing exactly. out your hair at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. Um, But the the vibes of the streams have been so funny because um, it truly is like uh, Kiara friend who wants to be a little bit flirty, but is like too squicked out by the actual idea of lesbian sex to want to commit to anything. Kiara is like, just extremely Kiara is either, crushing. Kiara is like either the, the most like gay for pay person in the world or she's like actually repulsed by sex. I can't tell which. Mm. <laughs> But one of those is definitely true in my head. Um, and uh, Narissa is definitely just like into it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just very funny. The vibes on some of them where it's just like very clearly uh, Narissa is like obviously crushing at the very least. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's yeah. very funny whenever someone pushes back to her on Kiara because uh, she folds instantly. Yeah. She just doesn't have it. She she does not have the backbone to commit. She's not marine out here. <laughs> yeah. Um but Yeah, there's 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 been some very entertaining moments around that. So, yeah. Um Yeah, no, I'm glad they're having a good time hanging out. Yeah. I'm probably going to miss the karaoke, but I'm sure people upload the songs, so yeah, I will thankfully be working from home tomorrow, so 
Uh, assuming no internet troubles. I'll probably watch that. But yeah, I'm sure that people will upload as well. Um, there's like one person in particular who just has like a playlist of, I think, every single Narissa karaoke. Yeah. 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 There's clippers just for the karaoke yeah. in case they get nuked. Uh, and I follow I follow the Fuamoko one. I don't think I follow the Narissa one, but I know how, where to look for it. You know, once the karaoke comes out, you just say, uh you know, VTuber sings and then sort by upload date. And you'll just get anything from an unarchived karaoke basically as soon as it happens. Yeah. Those clips are coming up as the karaoke still happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it's still, cause there was like, uh, I mean, all the clippers for, for Narissa stuff other than karaoke just have the like most arranged, uh, like anime weeb horny title stuff um in a way too where it's just like nerissa will be honest about what she's horny about you don't have to like do the clickbait version of it like (laughs) she will say it when it's real but it all of our clippers just have the most intense like the horniest art with the horniest like titles well yeah the problem Um, is that they've just labeled her as like you know the uh the down bad one so the mm-hmm. only way you can frame her is by sh- what outrageous sex thing did she say today um, yeah when i think it's like the least interesting part because yeah it's where all her worst tastes come out talking uh, about that fucking guy from baldy yeah <laughs> um but it was also like like there was one that was it was just like the funny stuff of um like Nerissa keeps calling Kiara cute and Kiara's like, stop that. Don't, don't yes. say it so much. Um, but then the, the title of it was like, uh, Kiara can't handle Nerissa's lewd or something. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so yeah, the Clippers had a field day with the, the shower comment. So yeah. Yeah. It's Stop frustrating. It. But Stop it, Clippers. The the wild. So I was like catching up on a stream, and there's one where she specifically is like, "It's kind of embarrassing. That this is like all that the Clippers do because I think I'm so much more than this. Like, yeah, I make like you know horny jokes sometimes. Like, I'm I don't hide the fact that I'm sometimes horny, but like that's just such a small thing compared to like the stuff that I think people should actually be focusing on uh and then from that like exact stream where she says that there's like a bunch of other parts where people clipped it out and have like the most unhinged like you know something about feet or whatever even though like the clip is nothing at all related to that other than like she mentions feet you know those kinds of things um yeah it's bizarre um like some of them feel extreme watching the streams i will then sometimes see the clips and i know what they've clipped and i'm like this isn't even like it wasn't a horny thing like if you clipped like two minutes later she would talk about like finding blood sexy or something like <laughs> there's the parts where she'll talk about it but no i know. mean the thing is that um the fandom is loves it when it's not real and not mm-hmm. like when they control the terms of this thing, mm. when the performer controls the terms, it's very threatening. Yeah. I, that's just the vibe I get. <laughs> yeah, that is the vibe. So, um, yeah. Uh, when I want to get back to final fantasy eight. Um, so I was listening to, uh, <laughs> Ornate stairwells, a podcast I yeah. like a lot. 
And I was a little, there's been a running, uh, not, a, not it's not a real tension. There's no actual beef. We're all good friends. But I've been giving Autumn a lot of shit for saying too many nice things about uh, Baldur's Gate 3, um, a game that I know is extremely mid and Bioware coded. Uh, when Nora likes it, that's fine. Nora's taste is Nora's own. She's unique. She's a unicorn in the world. She's allowed to like these things. Autumn, however, <laughs> is held to a different standard. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so when Autumn's like, oh, I, I think it's like the best game ever made. I'm like, you're giving in to astonishment. Get over yourself. Knock it off. Anyway, I was li- I was listening to that and I knew it was coming because Autumn had said exactly that. I, I was cringe about Baldur's Gate 3 on the ornate stairwells. And I was like, fine, yeah. whatever. Um, little did I know that before I even got to that, I had to listen to you besmirch my favorite game of all time for like 15 minutes straight. I just don't think the gameplay's that good. I'm enjoying the story, but. Look, here's the thing is like fundamentally i agree with you that like you you don't come to final fantasy for complex battle yeah. systems basically period but then you go unlike a, a yeah, fantastic battle system like shimigami tensei and then i just make fart noises and want to delete the podcast because casting bufu is not cool it sucks it's boring it really depends on the one it's it sucks in soul hackers too it extremely sucks in soul hackers too didn't play that um, one but but I, I think I also make it clear the the one that I praise the most is Etrian Odyssey, which is just yes. fucking masterclass. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. It it is what it is. <laughs> um. The that was the weirdest thing is because I I felt like I ended up getting like more. Like, I felt like I, I got put into this position where I was being, like, more insulting to the combat in Final Fantasy VIII because, yes. like, Connor and Autumn were pushing back against me. And I was like, Final Fantasy games, especially of this era, just kind of have basic combat. Like, that's not what they're that's not what they're good at. Yes. For. That's not. Yes. <laughs> you know, I guess. No, I was agreeing with you. And then they push back and then you say something I think is like totally out of pocket and they start intimating at future things in the game. I'm like, shut up, everyone. Change the subject. I hate this. <laughs> um, and, then, and then neither of them remember Final Fantasy nine enough to know that Final Fantasy nine is extremely uh, every character has unique skills and abilities that are not copied by any other character. Um, so they were just wrong on that part. And I got grumpy about that, too. <laughs> Um, that is the vibe that I have with nine, but I wasn't yeah. sure exactly how much. But it no, does no, nine really is, feel nine is like, like a is like four yeah. plus, where like every like the thief is a thief, the white mage is a white mage. They don't cross mm-hmm. over. There's none of that. But yeah. like five, three, five, six, seven, eight, ten to some extent. Uh, late game, twelve most of the time are all like paper doll games, basically. Like there's the character, but like what they do in battle, uh, is always the fucking same like you, you can make anyone anything and like usually yeah. they have like a disposition you know like 10 in particular it takes a long time to get where everyone's doing whatever um yeah. but like ideally eris is always going to be casting magic in seven because her magic stat is better cloud is going to be hitting guys because his strength is better but ultimately you can kind of do whatever no it doesn't matter like the game does yeah. not care <laughs> um i think 10 for ones where especially at the end of the game Everybody just yeah. kind of feels the same is yeah. my favorite because they start more different. And yes, then you get this yes, vibe yes. of like by being together, they become more like each other, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah. But there's um, like a, a certain thematic thing that's happening there. Um, yeah. 
even if I still just want it, even though I still just want the Etrian Odyssey sickos, like each one gets more and more bizarre, but you're trying to figure out how they play off of each other. So when I was playing 10 the first time back in 2004, whatever, when I was not going to class in college, playing 10 instead on my roommate's PS2. Um, at some point, I decided I didn't really like the thief abilities in 10. So I saved up one of the like lock spheres and got Riku into Orin's like sphere path way earlier than you ideally should by like yeah. blowing on lock, um, which made her just the most OP character in the game because Orin's <laughs> problem is he's fucking slow as shit. Yeah. So you attach Riku's <laughs> speed to Orin's damage output and she just became a monster. <laughs> Um, I don't think that I, I did this like right away, but I think I did something similar because also if you're just looking at like, if you're, if you're looking at the characters and trying to figure out the weaknesses, you're like, well, all right, <laughs> this is a good combo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I also had a, a fucking Oron ass Riku at some point. Yeah. So. And then I gave her a weapon with auto haste and she was just, yeah. it was scary. <laughs> yeah. She just fucks shit up. She's like one of the best characters in the game. If you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Um, was it? I don't think it was about eight specifically. Oh, I lost it. I lost yeah. it. I mean, the the thing that I do like about eight is is that the combat system is like there are these weird. It feels like weird and shaggy, um, in a way where I wish somebody had like taken it and refined it into a way where like you have to engage with those systems more in order to like actually make progress um yeah i don't feel like the the game has like put me in that position and i doubt that it will um other than like maybe if i do some of the the optional bosses then i'll have to like but i still don't think it's gonna like push me in the same way so no 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 Um, it's it's just not that final fantasy is meant to be played by uh, millions of people and enjoyed but not like you can fiddle with it, but the fiddling is not the point. Like, it's yeah. not complex. You're meant to see the end yeah. of the story, which I don't think is true of a... Like, Ezra and Odyssey does not give a fuck if you see the end of the story. Oh, It's yeah. not a game about seeing the end of the story. Yeah. Uh, Ezra and Odyssey kind of wants you to give up halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do wish that there was more stuff pulling from the system and, like, you know, refining it and, and pushing it. Um... But as it is in the game, I'm just like, eh, you know, um, right now, just having lots of really strong junctions is like one of the best ways to just progress. So, um, yeah. Um, I still, I said something about Norg being an alien and I think I've said it to both maybe you and autumn and got vague responses where maybe that's not true or maybe it is but i look i've been doing podcasts with jackson for 10 years jackson's very spoiler verse i tend to be back and forth but i would say i'd be more spoiler verse than most people uh so i'm giving you nothing on purpose i'm not yeah. intimating anything i'm just i'm like you're throwing you're throwing ideas into the void i'm not teasing i'm not not teasing i'm just not giving you anything yeah but like my thing with that is like when when someone plays eight i don't like, we can talk briefly about where you're at and what's going on, but, like, I want to talk about when you're done, about, like, the yeah. ideas and the whole thing and the mood and some, like, high points. Um, I'm not really interested in, like, week-to-week check-ins just don't leave a lot of things 
to talk yeah. about because then you hit the wall of like, well, I want to talk about how this ties into this, but you're not there yet. And yeah. I don't want to tease. It. I don't want to be like, oh, well, you know, come back to me next week and maybe we'll talk about the next thing. And it's annoying. I hate it. Um, <laughs> this is why I do a monthly podcast where we finish the video game. Yeah. Um, and I just I don't have the life where I can like plow through video games like I used to. So yeah, which um, is fine. I'll wait. Yeah. Uh, I mean the other like my kid is huge into Pokemon right now, so I've been like playing some Pokemon Violet again. Um, as a result, uh, as well as like there's like a uh beginner version of the Pokemon card game where it's like small pre-made decks that are like specifically balanced so it feels a little bit more like you're sort of doing a board game style thing um and it's like really just introducing the like i don't even think there's uh like type strength and weakness stuff it's like really just introducing like kids to the basic mechanics of the pokemon training card game uh but yeah i've been playing some of that some of like the the game um watching the anime reading the manga my kids just like fully pokemon mode right now (laughs) um yeah fair enough uh that's a lot of pokemon but yeah it's perfect age for it yeah i was pokemon didn't come out till i was a teenager i was still pokemon moded um yeah i was in like fifth grade fourth or fifth grade i think okay um i know that fifth grade is when i started the uh somewhat accidentally the pokemon mafia the, the Pokemon gang on the playground. We've talked about this because I'm yeah. I've heard this story before. Yeah. My um so my thing with the Pokemon card game is I bought it when it came out, obviously, because I was big into Pokemon. Um I was buying every Pokemon game as it came out. Um and it was the the initial um impetus of I fucking hate card games. <laughs> Like, I usually say it's it's, uh, Chain of Memories, and it is. Chain of Memories fucking terrible. Worst game than Pokemon the card game. But I really didn't like Pokemon the card game. Like, I I, I bought the cards, like, in real life, and then, like, none of my friends were into the card game. uh, So I just had this fucking, like, starter deck and a couple packs I bought that I couldn't do anything with. And then I got the card game video game, and I was like, wait a second, I don't actually like doing this. The card games are confusing and weird. Um, Never, I've never fallen off this stance once. I just am diametrically opposed to card games. Um... I feel like the one card game that I got more into, I did have some Pokemon, like I have like four decks that I built, I think. Um, and I used to have like more of the cards and I sold them at some point. Um, I'm sure at like a, a bad time to sell them because, you know, you like. Well, sure. Anytime yeah. it wasn't like now is a bad time yeah. to sell your Pokemon cards. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, so I know I had like a fair number and I had like a few friends who, who played Pokemon card games. Yeah. Um, and that would have been like, that would have been probably really early in like, that was definitely, I don't even think I had anything from, from like the second generation. Maybe yeah, no, I was no. starting when, to. Like, as, like when I was getting into Pokemon, like the game, the base set came out. Everyone wanted Charizard. I remember some kids buying Charizards off of people who had them for like $20. And I was like, that's unfathomable. That's so much money. Yeah. Um, which is ridiculous now. Um, and then the Fossil set came out, which is the second expand, like the, the first expansion set. And I liked some of the cards in there. But by then I realized no one was going to play this with me. No one I knew was into cards. And it was about three years before everyone, all the, my really nerdy friends got into magic. And I was like, fuck that. I'm out. Um, yeah. And so I just stopped. Yeah. But like I got like decently into the Pokemon card game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but not like super into it. And then I know my brother had some of the like Star Wars trading card game. Um, I don't know if he had any friends who he played with. I know we played sometimes, but it, I don't think there was too many people to play it with. So like we never got too far into it and it was more my brother's cards. Um, and then Magic the Gathering, when I, I moved right at the beginning of middle school, um, and there was like a year where I was just like an outcast because I was a new kid and also like, I think somewhat bullied for being queer, even though that's like, I was not aware of that. The kids weren't. But when I think back to like what the bullying was like, I was like, there was some sort of identification of queerness within me that was happening in that bullying. Um, just like all coded in the way that that stuff is like not articulated but yeah makes sense in in retrospect uh but then after that i like started making friends with people um and the like lunch group in middle school that i sat with all played magic the gathering so i got like really into that and it was like every lunch it was just like we'd be eating and playing magic the gathering so my um, rpg friends uh eventually kind of like bifurcated into the the true gamers which I was more like aligned with you. I spent a lot of high school reading more than playing games. So I was very poor. Books are cheap. Um, yeah. And uh, the group that used to be my RPG friends, but became like my like card games, furry stoner friends. <laughs> they really like classed when you had to either put your points in one class or another. And there wasn't a lot of crossover at some point. Um, and I went the way of the gamer. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were all one group in junior high fucking high school hit like a truck yeah i feel like uh especially by high school um i mean i was reading i was listening to a lot of music i was on the computer a lot um i was still gaming some um i feel like magic had dropped off there were some dungeons and dragons um i had like a shit ton of dungeons and dragons books that i did not buy other people like i was the dm and player spot and then they kept it at my house because we always played at my house um and then they just never took it when they like left right oh um yeah, okay so then i just like you know years later like here living in like after nora moved to chicago with autumn I went to my parents' house and there was still just all of the fucking Dungeons and Dragons books. And I just took them from my parents' house and gave them to Nora. I was like, you will appreciate these. Yes. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, my, my high school years are like a weird mix because I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. I was also getting very drunk and high and like moshing in punk pits. So, yeah, not yeah. me. I was up all night uh, on chat rooms doing AOL roleplay and playing Final Fantasy games and reading Divine Comedy. Different kind of nerd. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was also on chat groups. Um, probably not as many, but um, I did read the Divine Co- Comedy in high school, but yeah. Um, I had so for like my was it my AP Lit class? I think it was my AP Lit class. I there was like an independent study thing. We had to read one novel a quarter, um, and one there was like a there was like a list. Um, and one of the things was Inferno, and I read it 
for that. And I was like, this is great. But like, why did you only make me read one third of the fucking thing? I got to go get the rest now. Um, Cause they had copies of Inferno, but then I got just a copy of on comedy and read the rest of it. Cause that's kind of person I was in uh, high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also like veered off on various directions from stuff that I had to read in high school. Yeah. Um, I think there was like, there was a similar thing where there was like a list of books and you had to like pick one um and read uh but then i think like the very end of like senior year in the like ap lit or whatever there was something like you had to like get approval from the teacher you couldn't just like pick any book but like you could like say this is the book that i want to read like you had like an Mm -hmm. other option um and so i think that was when i first read independent people because I, i wanted to read it and i was like you know nobel laureate like this will get approval so, and then I just read a shit ton of Loxness, but, um, um that's very funny to me. I was, yeah. I spent most of high school going, there's no such thing as a serious book written in the 20th century. Cause that's who I was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just the worst, just the worst, just the worst fucking nerd. I got over it. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> uh, independent people, one of those books that like. I feel like there's not a lot of stuff that I go, like, super hard on recommending to people, but I bet, like, you and Jackson would enjoy it. Um, when you when people say this, I feel like they're describing things Jackson will like more than me, almost universally. Yeah, Jackson might like it more than you, but I think you'll also have stuff that you'll enjoy in it. Because I feel like whenever someone says that, I'm like, oh, you mean, like, a rigorous yet joyless communist piece of fiction? <laughs> it's going to be Jackson's bag. I'm going to go, man, where's the, like, messiness in this? Um, it's going to be, it, it's going to be like communist literature. Um, it is like a Marxist work about, uh, a man destroying, uh, his family and himself for like this quest for independence that he feels that he has to do. Um, but also there's some parts in it that are extremely funny. So, yeah, I just feel like people, uh, people think me and Jackson have the same taste and I mostly see the differences. Because yeah. the things that are different in our taste are usually where, like, the things I really care about exist. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think it's a thing that would actually have an overlap. Okay. You know, it, okay. it's not a Barry Lyndon, but it's, like, somewhat in that vein where there's, like, a certain, uh, like, stuffy dourness, but there's also, like, a constant comedy. Um, okay, yeah. So. You fucking... Uh, the Bray Lyndon episode is good uh, to the point where I'm like, well, I can't do Bray Lyndon for like another year. It's just fucking dead to culture. I got to wait. Yeah. Because like Reptile Screens is not going to do because like because Connor's on, you do a bit of the ghost divers like just break it down in a way. And I'm like, this is not what Ornate Sterols usually does to a thing. Yeah. Uh, but you can't take the ghost divers out of Connor. Ghost Divers is the way it is because of Connor. Yeah, no, I realized that while listening to that yeah. episode. I was like, okay, I see why that podcast is the way it is. There's a, there is a way that I, there, there is that like impulse in me sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And Connor will extremely pull it out. But yeah, this is why I, I think I said once that like, there's a lot of like, uh, Connor influencing and leading what Ghost Divers is, uh, and you you seem to doubt that, but I think you understand now. No, I think I understand <laughs> yeah. a little more now. Um, whereas often like, uh, stairwells, especially like Autumn's just gonna bring out more of the like 
let's talk about like what was really funny and like what looked cool and stuff right mm-hmm. um yeah but then that i felt like it swung a little bit between so yeah um it's fine it's fine just gonna, gonna delay showing everyone one of my favorite movies that's fine I'm, I'm not sad about it yeah um this is one of those those things too with like shawl by genre because i know a lot of people listen to it and are like oh, like, this is just doing something else that I, I wouldn't be able to do. Um, and I feel like Connor and I could do it if we wanted to. We just don't want to. <laughs> but we're, like, um, close. The thing with Shelved by Genre that I find good about that podcast specifically is um, both Michael and Cameron come out of – neither of them are, like – feel very positive about academia, but they have academia in their bones. And yeah. Austin is someone who looked at academia and said, fuck that and walked away. <laughs> and I think the like counterpoint is like really powerful. I think Austin brings a lot of like very considered, but very like, not like oppositional energy, but he just is not invested in the same things that Michael and Cameron are. And I think it really lean, like leads a lot of like energy to like going other places because yeah. I think if, if Shell by Genre was just the two of them, I think it would end up being like kind of overly focused on like the culture and intent in the kind of the way that Homestuck ended up being. And I like Homestuck a lot, but um, I think Austin refuses to allow us uh, also uh, just to have, having podcasts. Austin Austin refuses to allow a podcast to remain the same thing if he's invested at all. Um, he's always trying to push stuff. Um, yeah. It's one of the things I like about him. Uh and I know that he's invested in that show. Uh, you know, yeah. it's a lot of energy. Um, and uh, um, I think it's been very good. I, sh- you know. Yeah. Shell by Genre is the main one that I've like listened to regularly from them. Um, yeah. But like Connor and I, I think are both people who like to academia and said, fuck this and walked away. Yeah. Um, but there is a way that we could so easily be the academics where we're just yeah. like constantly in that zone. Yeah. Um, there's like another universe version of me that's not that far away from me. That is just that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the, the very beginning of ghost divers, I feel like leaned more of that too. And we were like, even more like, I know. Oh, we don't really want to do this. It absolutely yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was a great vibe. I'll be honest. Yeah. With you. <laughs> um, I much prefer where it's at now. Cause I tried yeah. to, li- I like, I listened to those first couple episodes and stuff and I was like, this one's still finding itself, which is fine. You, you get yeah. like three years to find your podcast. It's not, it's not like a high pressure situation. It's a podcast. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think as we went on, we've become even less like, uh, there are times where we might still bring in like, Oh, here's an academic reading thing that we think is useful. Yes. Uh, but I feel like it's just like before we would sort of bring it in constantly. If we thought it was like, potentially useful and now it's like oh here's like one work that we think is like really really useful like (laughs) people should like this one in particular we're thinking about a lot when we're thinking about whatever um so you know me talking about terry yamashuji with with psycho pass like that's like a version of it so um but yeah uh i'm happier this way i i don't like academia so (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I always have a weird chip on my shoulder because I didn't like not choose academia. I just couldn't re- continue paying for academia. So I had to stop. Yeah. And so while I don't think I would be happy in academia, I always have this weird like, oh, it would it would have been better if I had been if I had left on my own terms. Yeah. A couple I years mean, later down the line. Yeah, that still might be true. But I'm yeah, sure you just have the, you, sometimes you just have the thing where you're like, man, all my friends are much smarter and better read than me. 
I think for um, me, there was a certain value of going through academia and realizing it wasn't for me. Um, yeah, that's what so, I mean. Like, I wish yeah. I had had that instead yeah. of just like, well, uh, my family's broke and I they won't give me any loans. So I guess I'm going working now. And that's been the last, you know, fucking 18 years of my life. Yeah. Um. And now I don't like it's not like I want to go back to school. Right. It's just the, yeah. it's the thing of like, oh, am I like lesser? So you just get a chip on your shoulder. You just feel insecure about things. Right. I, I'm very insecure of like being a college dropout. Uh because I, I just feel like I surround myself with people who I think are smarter than me, uh, which is good. But, like, I do sometimes go, oh, man, I'm a dumbass. Don't know anything. Uh, which I don't think, like, I, I know that, like, <laughs> there's certain people who are, or are friends of mine who are going to listen to this and go, like, you're so out of pocket. This is just yeah. not, um, like, Jackson knows I feel this way a lot. And Jackson's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're this person for, like, everyone in our friend group. I'm like, no, 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 it's different. It's not the same. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I just feel like a dumbass. It's yeah. fine. Um, the real thing is, and I, I still think this is distinct from academia because there's so much other like stuff that comes along with academia. A lot of it yes. sort of has baggage. Uh, but the one thing like for a lot of people is it like, it is actually very easy to just like, uh, find a syllabus for a class and like read those books. Yeah. <laughs> like you can just do that. <laughs> the um, thing for me is so. like for a long time, I equated like going to college cause like, my parents didn't go to college. Um, they are not like book people. I just equated like if I went to college, got a degree, became like an academic or like a professor, like a teacher of some kind, it would imbue a sort of like wisdom. And I don't even believe any of that structurally at this point, right? Like I know too many people who worked at colleges or were, became teachers and they all fucking hated it. It's like the worst thing that ever happened yeah. to them. <laughs> Like universally, I don't know a single person who became a teacher was like, this was a good, fulfilling part of my life. <laughs> Even if they like teaching, being a teacher yeah. sucks ass. Um, yeah. But on some level, I just still like I still had the thing uh, and it was hard to shake. And while I think I've shaken most of it, still, you know, insecurities are hard. You never get over your insecurities 100 percent. They always live yeah. with you forever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the big thing too, I mean, Connor and I both went to the University of Chicago, which is like mm. a big fancy school. Um, which also just means it's like the worst of academia. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um I feel like there's like other sides of it where it's a little bit better, but uh yeah. Part of Ghost Iris 2 is just both of us getting further and further away from having graduated, <laughs> you know, from having yeah. to go having gone to grad school. And just being more and more like, why the fuck am I talking about it this way? This is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there's this weird, like, uh, sometimes I understand, like, a lot of academia re has, like, oh, there's all this discourse that happened that's about the idea of jouissance or whatever. And then you want to be able to just say the word because now you're going to build something new on top of it. Uh, but it also just makes it so fucking jargony and, like, impossible to, to understand anything. Um, I pulled out jouissance because I always think it's funny to talk about redline and jouissance, but... Um that was specifically a bit that started when I was watching Redline a shit ton while writing my thesis in master, like my master's thesis. Um, okay. So in grad school, um, and me and a friend that I had at the time who also liked Redline, uh, got into a, a very big, like somewhat joking, but it also is true to what's happening in the themes of Redline discussion about Jewissance. So, um, 
Yeah. People can listen to the Ornate Stairwells episode about Redline to figure out what I mean there. Okay. Uh, I think I say the phrase of jouissance is having so much sex that your dick gets raw. That's like you basically what that. it is. It's the the abundance of pleasure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um. I think that's the end of the podcast. I'm not. I'm not, not going to even try to follow you, that you, one up. You can't follow that up. No, I'm not going to try. I'm tired. Uh, it's been a shitty week. It'll continue to be a shitty week. So um, I think we're just going to call it. Yeah, I don't have the energy to go for three hours because my throat sucks. Oh right yeah, now, I would, so. if you'd tried, I would have uh, shut yeah. this thing down. Two don't hours, I can it. maybe do, but no, no. Where can people find you online? <laughs> you can find me at Fox Omnia on uh, Twitter or Blue Sky. I'm trying to use. I also put the the Nanahachi statue on Blue Sky, so you can also see it there. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get back to using that, especially because like Autumn has co-host down you know um so and co-host is just not my vibe but people can follow me on co-host just don't expect me to post there much um fox omnia everywhere uh go listen to my podcast ghost divers uh ornate stairwells and also pondering blue time with Shiro Taro and hachimitsu boy which if you listened to the ornate stairwells about barry linden um and want to hear us answer questions about it we forgot to do it in the episode because it went so long uh that we did it on Puton. so you can check that out um, all of that's over at exportaud.io, the export audio network. Uh, if you go there, it goes to the Patreon, but there's also just like links to the free feeds there. So you don't have to give a dollar, but you should give us a dollar. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore Bing. You can find most of my podcasts at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, listen to Abnormal Mapping, my game club every month. We recently put out an episode on Final Fantasy 15. It's very long and good, but honestly, all I would say a good 95% of the Abnormal Mappings are good. I think there's only a couple episodes I think are like genuinely yeah. bad at this point. Very happy with our uh, batting ratio on that one. Listening to that um, 15 episode made me realize I was like 90% of the way through that game. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everyone is. Um, and they always <laughs> drop it. Yes, yeah. No, no, no. Um, Anyway, uh, if you want to listen to me talk about uh, more fucking books, you can listen to me and Nora on Dragon Riders of whatever. What what is the actual do you Dragon know Readers? Title? I think Dragon Readers. Okay, yeah. um, where the first episode is in the free feed. Uh, I think it's just in the export feed of us reading Aragon. First half of Aragon. Second half will be recorded. Actually, it'll already be recorded by the time this episode goes live, and it'll be out probably for the Patreon already i don't know that's up to nora i'm not doing i'm just the talent i just show up and talk to a microphone and go have dinner um yeah. and uh i'm really excited for that it's been people seem to be really excited about us doing the first uh episode um feedback's been mostly i can't believe you're talking about this one which i'm like oh yeah i, I don't know <laughs> yeah uh i want to do a podcast with nora is really what it is um because the ruby one's dead and um me and Nora don't have overlapping interests like aggressively, really. So I, I you got to kind of Nora was looking for a co-host and did not ask me, but I offered and I want to do it. Um, but I'm really excited for that one because it's gonna it's only gonna last like six months and then it'll be done. Um, yeah. We're reading like the, all all six books, um, and then I'll probably agree to watch the movie and then that'll be the end of it. So yeah, see um, Sfera sit ya class or whatever. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Extremely uh, fake uh, Icelandic. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Oh, uh, <laughs> I guess I guess already out will be um, the the blockbusters on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash normal mapping for five dollars on <laughs> the fugitive, which I've I've overhyped, but it is the f- most I've laughed on a podcast in ages. I had a really good time. Um, I just remembered that that yeah, you no, finding j- out about Michael Douglas the, eating so yes. much pussy he got throat yes. cancer on Mike. Jackson Springs, the previously unknown fact on me that Michael Douglas famously got throat cancer uh, from eating pussy. Um, and I didn't know this. And I react. Literally, it's it's where the it's like halfway into the podcast and the whole rest of the podcast is me just fucking like punch drunk about the, the, the whole idea. Oh, I'm so glad that we got another mic. Oh, also, you'll get. Uh, I, should I spoil it for you right now? Uh, yeah, I'm going to spoil it for okay. you. Um, so we were going between two movies at the end of that for what our next movie was. Yeah. It was either going to be Crocodile Dundee, which was my pick. Um, because we kind of wanted a, a '80s movie because we don't. Jackson was like, "Oh, we haven't. We don't really do many movies from the '80s." And I was like, "That's because they're all like the largest nerd movies in the world, and they don't yeah. need to be covered." Um, and I, Jackson had thrown out a movie that we picked because you gave it one star. Do you have any idea what this could possibly be? A movie that you picked because I gave it one. A famous star. '80s movie that you gave one star. Oh, um. So here's the thing is I got to think about movies that I've watched in the last few years because they have not had. Um, it is a comedy, I believe. I haven't seen it. Um, what are what are movies that I've watched recently? Also, I don't know if you watched it recently or not. I just know it's an 80s movie that we picked specifically because you gave it one star. <laughs> Is it is it big or Ferris it's Bueller's big. Day Off? It is absolutely big. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I haven't seen it. Jax hasn't seen it. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a famous div- age gap and personality gap division between Jackson and me because it's a yeah. beloved movie of my teens and Jackson fucking hates it. And I understand why they hate it, but they're wrong. Um, It's I, I'm not that big on it. Uh. There's still ways where I just watch it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Chicago. <laughs> uh, but there's yeah, lots enough. of movies that give me that feeling and are better than Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, like Blues Brothers, one of the best fucking oh, movies yeah, ever yeah. made. That's one of the best movies ever made. I'm about to go recommend that to Olivia right now. Yeah. So my friend Olivia was like, I'm going to watch a movie every week. Recommend me some movies. I'm about to hit her with all my favorites, including the Blues Brothers. Yeah. That's a movie where I watch it and I go, oh, yeah, fucking Chicago. Yeah, I mean, look, I like Ferris Bueller. Uh, the Fugitive is also a, a fucking Chicago movie, right? What is? Uh, the Fugitive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. tons of Chicago. Holy yeah. fuck, it's a lot of Chicago. Um, there was a period before I saw The Fugitive, because I don't remember the movie it's from. I, I don't think it's as good as The Fugitive. There's this, like, this infamous shot, though, where there's like a car chase that's going up the... People would know it as like the Wilco Towers from the Wilco, um, like, whatever that Foxtrot album. But there are these like, uh, let me figure out what the actual name of the towers are. Um, Marina City is the are the actual towers, uh, and it was like this this thing where you have like parking, and then like uh, I think at least originally it was supposed to be like there's like some office building, like maybe like some restaurants or something, and then like also apartment so like theoretically someone could like go to work in the same building where their apartment is or whatever um i think that was like the idea behind the the design there's a famous like movie car chase that goes up and it 
it ends with one of the cars like launching off of the marina tower into the chicago river um and uh there was a period when i was like in like middle school high school where i was like i knew about that happening in a movie and i knew that the fugitive was set in chicago and i thought it was from the fugitive but it's not okay it's not um i forget what i'm sure if i look at this this uh the hunter i think that's the movie yeah uh, Papa Thorson, played by Steve McQueen, pursues the suspect in a car chase through the parking garage. His quarry eventually loses control and drives off a high floor of the garage into the Chicago River. Okay. So. Um, apparently you can see them in a helicopter flyby in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No, fair enough. Apparently they show up in Gunsmith Cats. I did not know about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sure that's just like a reference to 80s movies having it in there. Um, but yeah, they're also on the cover of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by, by Wilco. So when I was in high school, I knew people who referred to them as the Wilco Towers, even though that's not what they are, uh, just cause it's on the cover of that album. Anyway. Yeah, that's it. End of this podcast. We'll be back next week, right? Next week? Or is that the yeah. week we take off? Um, okay. we're, we are not going to take off unless, like, we really need it. Um, until we get to the, the end of, like, the Nibelungen lead itself. And then we'll, okay. we'll have a week off so we can have, like, a little more time to get through all the back matter because it's, it's lengthy, you know? Give us a little extra yeah. time. Um, Anyway, uh, three more chapters next week. Uh, please enjoy. If you like the show, retweet the plugs. Uh, they'll be on. I put them on Blue Sky and uh, Twitter. I don't really use co-host. Um, yeah. As always, people have been coming in the Discord and saying they liked it. Um, and I always appreciate that. Um, it's good. Do it for my other Waiting podcast. On feedback for, the thing is, because we record the night the podcast goes out, like I put it up at 3 p.m. on Wednesday and then record Wednesday night, I really haven't gotten anyone talking about Lego sets yet, and I'm really sad about this. Yeah. Uh, there's one person who's like, oh, I'm really excited for Beowulf. Uh, haven't read it since the Tolkien translation. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If we read it, we're not doing the Tolkien translation. Yeah. Pretty adamant about this one. Uh, the mention I mean, of, we will do it probably. But the mention of reading the Tolkien the translation in junior high made me feel very old. But, very old yeah i was yeah. well out of uh that was 2014 you said because you looked it up yeah i had been married for four years when it came out well <laughs> i'd been doing abnormal mapping for one year yeah um anyway thanks so much for listening hope you enjoyed we'll be back next week until then we're out of the podcast and then we were out of the podcast
Yeah.